and it's all around just going for creativity and just letting fear sit back. Today I'm talking to Laura Kate Howells. LK designs and delivers environmental education programs inspired by nature, led by creativity, driven by solutions and based on the notion that small actions done by many can make a big difference. This year, she was one of 15 out of 166 applicants that received the Creative Ireland Climate Action Fund for her project, Stories of Change. Stories of Change is a storytelling project that tells the tales of good people around Ireland doing good things for earth care, people care and fair share. She believes creativity is instrumental in communicating the challenges of the climate crisis and believes stories and solutions are an effective vehicle to stimulate interest, ignite the imagination and empower community-led climate action. When she isn't busy writing stories, organising exhibitions or exploring South Kerry, she is working for Concern Worldwide, planning COP on a climate action festival of music, art, talks, and workshops. She has a quote from Dr. Seuss. Today you are you, that is truer than true. There is no one alive who is youer than you. Please bear with us for the first few seconds as the volume is quite low until we move the microphone in. Thanks much for having me. I've never done a podcast before, so I'm delighted. Um, so Stories of Change is a project that has been funded by the Creative Climate Action Fund. So it's actually a really interesting fund. It's the first of its kind in the EU that looks at how you use creativity as a vehicle to not only communicate the, the crisis, the climate crisis, but it looks at how you use creativity as a vehicle to explain and showcase some of those solutions that we really need to be doing to kind of get us to where we want to go, that more livable future that everyone keeps on talking about. So Stories of Change is a project that I started actually back in 2015 when I went to Paris to COP21. So I was working in Bristol University at the time and I managed to get enough funding to take away four students to go to Paris. And I remember being on the streets with these young people and thousands of other people and I started to have snippets of conversations with various people that had cycled to the festival or some of them had flown over and all of them had their own story and I just wanted to capture that. I wanted to harvest like why they were there, what their hope was for the future and what they were doing in their own world, in their own country to kind of adapt and mitigate to some of the, the huge um, challenges that we're facing. And so I just got my phone out and started to record and I started to kind of take pictures of people Unfortunately, like that actually never went anywhere and it's on a computer or on a hard drive somewhere. But this kind of idea of stories and photos really stuck with me. And then I went away traveling um, back in 2017 and I went to Sri Lanka and Dubai and lived in New Zealand. And I took the format of these stories and photos with me and started to kind of interview people. So I interviewed this amazing woman in Dubai who was involved with the slow food movement. And she was growing food in Dubai on rooftops, which is incredible because it's so hot in Dubai. And she was um, growing this food to make sure that the restaurant that she was working in had fresh produce that wasn't flown in. And I went to New Zealand and I um, spoke to loads of organic farmers 
farmers and sheep farmers and just started to collect these stories. Um, unfortunately, my boyfriend at the time deleted all of the stories off his phone. Heartbreak. Obviously, we're not going out anymore. Oh. <laughs> oh, technology, um, when it lets you down, it lets you down. I know. And obviously, I was traveling. and I was on my holiday and I really carved out time to do these interviews and they were all gone. But look. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I was but, trying to take the heat off him there. But. <laughs> He's gone. <laughs> He's out. <laughs> um, but um, as some of these things happen, they have their own way of weaving their way back into your into your space when it's the right time. And when the um, stories, when the Creative Island Fund came up again, um, I applied for the Stories of Change, um, and it was one out of a hundred and sixty-six that were chosen. Sorry, there's 166 um, applications put in for the fund and 15 were chosen and I was one of the 15. So I was amazed. Um, So stories have changed essentially. I've been on the road with a photographer for about four months, traveling to four counties. So Galway, Donegal, Kerry and Clare. And I've been reaching out to people that are in the community making change. I've been documenting their stories and I've been taking their photos. Well, Jackie Deveni reed from Donegal has actually been taking their photos. So I've worked with various different partners um, to make sure that there's community consultation in there. Um, we put out a nomination form to get the community to nominate these change makers. And it's this idea that we go beyond the people that are in the news all the time or these people that are influencers on Instagram. It's digging a bit deeper kind of into that community level because that's where kind of change happens. And when communities talk to other communities, it's far more relevant that the solutions are far more feasible and people are far more likely to take action. So I am just in kind of the culmination of the project now, which is putting on four exhibitions and celebrations of these change makers in the four counties. So I'm off to Donegal on, I'm off to Donegal today, today. actually, (laughs) that's where I'm going. And tomorrow we have our exhibition and celebration. And this is an opportunity for people in Donegal to come together, to read the stories of these change makers, to read their climate solutions and to really celebrate these people. So we put on a huge feast. So food is a massive, massive part of the project. And I've been working with um, William from Wild Strands, who is a incredible cook, and he uses only local and seasonal um, food. He cooks the food with the community through workshops, and he uses traditional seaweed methods to make things like the stocks and the salad dressings. And honestly, what he creates out of the kitchen is just mind blowing. And he's been cooking for about seventy to eighty people in just him and with community support. So he's done all the events. He's I done think. all. He travels where, with me. Where is the event in Donegal? The one in Donegal is in Bancrana in St. Mary's um, Hall and it's this incredible old cinema and if you go upstairs there's a big old cinema and we are showcasing the characters of Stories of Change which is a short documentary that I've put together which highlights the people that I've been interviewing Um, and then the next um, exhibition celebration is in Kerry in Waterville um, in collaboration with um, Learning Landscapes and with Sea Synergy and we've got a morning of paddle boarding, of kayaking, um, of foraging mushroom foraging in the park seaweed foraging then we've got the launch of the exhibition where people can come and read these change maker stories have food gather together listen to some traditional music and really kind of celebrate and change that narrative that we have which is always doom and destruction and how do we shift away from that and actually move to a place whereby 
we are celebrating people that have been for a very long time recreating, reinventing and reimagining a solution that is totally there. It, none of these stories, none of these solutions are made up. Like they're very realistic, like people are doing them. So it's just, um, is it, we're creating a different kind of news. And good and, to get excited about these, yeah, the future. Yeah. It is exciting. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I think it's important to say, whilst it's exciting, this project isn't about denying the huge challenges we face. You know, like there's no naivety in this project. Like we know, and if you, if you are unsure about that, then you I can refer you to the IPCC reports, which are done by hundreds of scientists all over the world, which show the climate science. This is taking the climate science and say, brilliant, it's there, it's scary, it's real, but let's look at some of those solutions that are happening not even globally, not even nationally, but in our own local area, and let's try and see what we can do as an individual. That's really wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so can you tell us about the about COPON, which is something you're going to in the near future? Sure, yeah, absolutely. So COPON is um, an event I've been creating with Concern Worldwide, who I work with part-time, and Happenings, um, which is an outdoor kind of yoga um, outdoor cinema festival production company and we are creating COPON which is a festival that uses creativity as a way to talk about some of the challenges we face very similar to kind of stories of change ethos and it's been scaffolded around this idea that if we bring fun and we bring solutions and we bring music um, and we bring our community together then we're far more likely to be able to have an open dialogue around some of the things that we can do so at COPON we have Keela headlining which is a really big band we have Attention Bebe playing. We have amazing global guest speakers coming to talk on two panels. So the first panel is called So True and it's looking at sustainable fashion. Um, so we have some scientists, some lecturers and um, we have a Mexican um, dyer who is coming to talk about her, how you look at where your clothes come from, how they're dyed, how they're sourced and the farms that they come from and how that impacts our environment and the farmers. So real proper traceability yeah exactly yeah, yeah. um which is something that's often lost because we're so consumed by convenience yeah. you know and that's the reality of the situation and none of this is about pointing the finger it's not a pointing the finger activity and saying you're doing it wrong it's just saying these are some of the solutions some of these solutions might fit you in your lifestyle some of them won't um let's see where we get to really yeah so the second panel is on um creativity um, as a vehicle to take climate action and we are really lucky to have um, a youth activist from Uganda who is visiting the country coming to talk about um, him setting up a, um, a spoken word and creative youth, um, I guess it's a youth network in Uganda to talk about some of the crisis that they're facing and we also have Dorothy who has come from Malawi who's a farmer who's coming to talk about her experience as a farmer in Malawi and we've also got actually um, a guy coming over from America who works particularly looking at indigenous rights and again looking at how he they use music and fun to talk about what's happening in those kind of communities. So we've got global guest speakers, we've got amazing musicians, we've got marine touch pools, so you can come in and touch the marine life and get up close and personal with it. We've got the climate ambassadors running a big swap shop. We've got um, Rachel running a nature connect and art workshop. We've got Zeitgeist, which is a big flea market coming. Um, so we've 
got everything for all different age groups. Um, that sounds amazing. And where is that on and when, when is it being held? Sure. So um, it's on Friday the 14th and Saturday the 15th of October in TU Dublin in Grange Gorman in the lower house. So the event kicks off on Saturday, on Friday evening with a, a live jazz band and um, an outdoor screening. So is it for students or is it for everybody or where do you get tickets or how, how would you Sure, so it's for, ab- it's for absolutely everyone. Yeah. The primary target audience is 18 to 35, but it is open to everyone yeah. and we do have family activities in there too. And you can get tickets on Eventbrite. Um, so yeah, pop onto Eventbrite and you can buy your tickets there. Just search Cop On Festival and it will come up and they're all free, free tickets. Oh, free tickets. Yeah. Yeah, no, no that is truly amazing. And you might be... Uh, planning a little trip to Egypt can you tell us about that yeah I am very fortunate that work Concern Worldwide is sending me to Egypt to COP27 which is hilarious almost because Stories of Change started back in 2015 in COP21 when I took away four young people to experience COP and now in 2022 I'm revisiting COP in Egypt and I'm also um, taking away a youth ambassador who we interviewed yesterday and she got her place I won't say who it is just in case she hasn't been told but we're taking away a 25 year old law student who is coming to um, bring the voice of um, Ireland to Irish policymakers at COP27 and she's going to be raising awareness and reporting through her Instagram and through Concerns Instagram so people can follow and learn what is COP what's happening and what are the outcomes mm. so what is COP can you tell our listeners um, who might yeah. not be so, familiar with it. Absolutely. So COP is the Conference of the Parties. So it's a gathering of all world leaders and they sit down around tables for hours and they talk about what their countries are going to do to mitigate and adapt to climate change. So the last one was in Glasgow and the one in 2021 was in Paris. Um, and basically they decide what sanctions or what actions they can take to reduce their carbon footprint. Okay. And have you got any suggestion for the listeners uh, how they can reduce their carbon footprint, you know, quite easily, some little measures that they can take? Yeah, absolutely. So my first one would be like join a community that um, that is doing something. So you can have a look um, online for a group in your area. Um, it could be a biodiversity group. It could be a, a swap shop group. But just connect with people that can support you when you're doing things. And I can definitely recommend joining as a climate ambassador, um, which is an Antashka program. You apply to join and you get given loads of free resources and training into how you can take action in your community. So I think connecting with people is really, really important. I think getting out in nature is the second thing that I think is the most important. I'm a real believer in that you can't protect what you don't love and you can't love what you don't experience so just taking time whether that's 10 minutes a day to go and sit in a sit spot or go to have a sea dip rather than a sea swim or go and walk in a forest or even in a local park um, is another way because once you're connected to your surroundings then you're far more likely to to be enthused to do something about it so connect with your community go out in nature and the third thing I think is read or research or listen to some podcasts there's some really cool things out there um so educate yourself um on the things that you can do 
and don't try to do it all. Like the climate crisis is not your fault. It's not my fault as an individual. It's a systemic problem that needs big changes, but those big changes happen with small little drops and small people doing small things and that influence being felt. Um, and ultimately that will change businesses and that will change policy. So do the things that you can do, always strive to do better, but don't give yourself a hard time when you can't do it all. Yeah, we're not perfect. We're all hypocrites at some time. So, you know, we can all be have holes picked in us, but we try our best and we make the best decisions that we can at the time and bring people into nature as well because that's mm. something um introduce people into nature so that's really um really great advice and you had a couple of recommendations for books that people might like to read yeah absolutely so a big one that came into my life when i was actually in barcelona visiting a friend is a book um called big magic by elizabeth gilbert so elizabeth gilbert wrote eat pray love um, some of you may or may not like that, but um, <laughs> Big Magic is so fabulous, it's very readable, and it basically looks at how um, we need to embrace creativity, and often when we're creative, we have fear sat on our shoulder guiding us, and it's being like, okay, fear, you can sit in the, in the side seat, but you're not driving, I'm driving, I'm going to be creative, I'm going to go with my creative project, don't play with the windows, don't touch the map, don't put the stereo on, you're there, you're on the side, but I'm driving creativity. And it's all around just going for creativity and just letting fear sit back. And I think that was a really important thing because often we're really scared of creativity, but it's it's in us. Like we've come from a creative community whereby like our families or um, generations and generations have been shoemakers or candle makers and all of that kind of creativity is in us but it's kind of can be a bit squashed because our ego gets in the way of fear so this book really explores um, and empowers us to really take on creativity and, and let it drive that's interesting because I read Eat Pray Love years ago of course everybody did <laughs> and then I wasn't really attracted to it so I got to read it now please do yeah. it's one of those books that when I read it I sent to quite a few of my friends um, so yeah I really um I really, really recommend it. And the second one is Eat Like a Fish. Um, and it's an American um, fisherman's journey as he moves into regenerative seaweed farming. And it's such a beautiful read. He is hilarious in his writing. And it just looks at how exciting all of these options are. Like, there are sustainable solutions in abundance everywhere. And sometimes we just need to, to look around and dig a little deeper. And he transitioned from his love of being a fisherman but couldn't deal with kind of the the exploitiveness of it and moved into seaweed fishing and seaweed fishing i don't think you fish for seaweed that'd be yeah. weird wouldn't it yeah. um he grows seaweed, seaweed and harvests farming. it yeah, yeah exactly wonderful. and it's looking at a amazing farm that regenerates that stores carbon that's underneath the water and it doesn't cause any harm and his it's just such a wonderful book to and to see his kind of transition with a comical touch which is what we all need we need yeah, a bit of a laugh yeah, sometimes yeah, we do we? need a story and a laugh as we well. need a laugh and yeah. did you have one more um no, but I can give you a good poetry book that okay. I like. <laughs> um, Rupi Kaur is one of my favourite poets, and I, um, she does a lot around embracing being a woman and um, just embracing who you are. And I really think that everyone should read some of her poems. It's a real nice coffee table book um, that you can just pick up, and there are a few lines, and they just make you feel fab about yourself. And I think we all need to feel fab about ourselves sometimes. Yeah, I love getting recommendations for books. Um, do you want to tell us about your creative process? 
Do you have a process? Um, it might be interesting for other people, or does it just come organically? Do you know what? I just never thought I was creative, and I'm not good good at art. Like I honestly, I can't even draw a stick person, um, and it's only as my career kind of has developed that people have always tried to get me into ideas rooms or think tanks. Um, and it's a thought process that kind of, I don't know where it comes from, but I think I was told for so long that I wasn't creative. And then all of a sudden when people gave me confidence and was like, oh, can, we've, we're just doing an idea session now, okay, can you just pop in this room? And then I think as that grew, I became more confident and... Yeah, even you asked me that question, I don't know what to say because mm. I don't feel like I am a creative person. Um, you clearly are a creative person. <laughs> You're organising events with hundreds of people around the country and feasts and art and music. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Yeah. I think I don't think there is a, is a process yet. I think I just, I organise and I do what I like to do. Like, mm. I plan my perfect day and for me, it's around getting people together. It's about eating, love food, and it's about dancing and music and movement. It's about well being doing yoga it's about going out and foraging and learning what's around us is about jumping in the sea so I feel like if I plan my perfect day then hopefully other people will like it it's going to be a lot of other people's perfect day as well <laughs> good um, so how did you get interested in climate change um so for me interesting I never I wasn't in, involved in it when I was younger so I was brought up in Guildford which is quite a white middle class area and my mum isn't necessarily very political or into environmentalism and I guess back then it wasn't really a trigger word or a thing when you talked about sustainability or eco-friendly like no one really did it but when I went to university in Bristol I volunteered um, at Bristol Big Green Week which is a festival in Bristol they put on every year which celebrates Bristol as a green forward thinking city and I somehow got an internship um to work in media and comms there god knows how um and I ended up being artist liaison to Vivian Westwood and Vivian Westwood is an incredible fashion designer she's totally wacky she's very um revolutionary is that the word yeah um and she her main slogan is buy less choose well and she sells catwalk fashion but she is completely and utterly invested in sustainable fashion. And I knew nothing about fashion. And I ended up in this room of fashionistas were kind of sitting there with bated breath, like waiting for her to talk about her latest collection. And she ended up talking about sustainable fashion and the impact of fashion on the environment. She started to talk about um, communities in the Amazon, that the trees were being cut down and that um, she started to talk about, so I remember the weirdest thing, soap nuts, which are, soap nuts are things that they grow naturally on trees and you put them in your washing machine and they naturally wash, they're a natural detergent for your clothes and she was telling everyone about the impact of washing our clothes all of the time and how we should move to more like soap nuts and natural cleaning products and this was like 15 years ago or something and that for me was a trigger that I just she spoke so passionately and she cared so much and she really brought great insight that from there it was honestly like a domino effect. I started volunteering for a food waste organisation. Um, I ended up going away to India for three months and another big part I think is my privilege that I've travelled quite a lot and I've seen how sure you don't even need to travel to see how spectacular the world is. We're surrounded by it here in Ireland. Um, but I think I've had the privilege of seeing my own privilege reflected back on me and I've seen how beautiful the world is. And I just feel like if I'm not here to, to try my best to, 
to protect that, then what, what's the point? Um, so I think it's just been something that was ignited in me when I was like 21 at uni. And I was very lucky to get a job um, working um, as the first green team coordinator. And my job was to set up the first student union's green campus, um, which was a great job, a great opportunity. And since then, I've worked in the Sustainability Trust, managing the education team in New Zealand. Um, and I've worked with Eco UNESCO and Concern Worldwide. And I own my own business called Essentially Eco. And my job is essentially going to open the dialogue into communities to talk about climate action um, and what people can do. And then I do a lot of consultation around like waste management systems and reducing energy in businesses. And I've just I've just grown through experience rather through rather through like education and that's just worked for me and um yeah I've never was never really excelled at school and I have got a degree in English literature and journalism I don't think it's because I did very well I just think they liked me <laughs> I think like, well likability right. <laughs> is very important as well and you can see how Vivian Westwood just ignited that little flame and how important it is for people like you to stand up now and as you say put fear in a box and just stand up and look you're going to do an event some things could go wrong um the cooker could blow up but you're going to do it anyway and you know who knows there could be one young person there that listens to you and say well you know 10 years ago i went to this event Mm -hmm. and i listened to this lady speaking and now i've gone on to do that so that is really all you can do so well done thank you yeah absolutely and it is really impactful um I ran a, I wrote a program called Climact where I worked with youth reachers on looking at what is climate justice and what can we do locally and there was a group of lads in Ballymun who took part in the project and they were cameras off at the beginning so uninterested and oh my goodness by the end after the six-week program they presented their action projects at the project slam so the project slam is where all the youth reachers come together online and they present their climate action project and they get to win money to turn their project into a reality and so I had not really been speaking a lot to Ballymun and I didn't know whether or not they were going to turn up I knew they're really nervous about presenting did you know what their project was yeah uh, yeah yeah, I did I knew what their project was they'd given me kind of an overview but the guys three guys came on and they spoke about how they'd been researching chemicals in cleaning products and how it went into the water and ruined wildlife and how they'd made alternative cleaning products out of all natural ingredients and they um, had trialed and tested them all and put different essential oils in them and made batches and how they wanted to sell these cleaning products to other youth reachers to transition all of the youth reachers away from bleaches and chemicals to natural products they'd created an enterprise out of this project i was like lads this is unreal like you are amazing and they'd like were so proud to show us their little videos that they'd made like on and this is why i love working with young people so much because they just blow you out the park and they just have so much innovation and they're it's great they're just brilliant and that's just one story of many i have of working with young people that just come up with such innovative ideas and you know what this it's about making it relevant and making it exciting and making it fun because then that causes actions and ideas yeah no that was giving me the shivers and I agree about young people like we have lots of young people working here and I expect as much as any adult um, from them when they're working and I expect them to make mistakes as well because they're young people and my goodness we've we have some amazing people working for us Mm. Um, so I'm not ageist in any manner. 
<laughs> Neither am I, but when I was interviewing the Youth Climate Ambassadors, she did definitely refer to me as an old person. <laughs> and I was like, hang on a second, you are not no. going to get this role. If you... Oh my goodness. Well, I think it was more that she referred to herself and as a young person. Which young made, people, I was young, and I was like, uh, hang about, I'm still a young person, thank you. <laughs> she ended up getting the position, so it was like, she wasn't that bad. Um, well, look, there's so much to talk about. We can't talk about everything, um, but I'm going to put everything in the show notes so people can follow what you're doing um, and follow you on Instagram and ho- and find the dates of all the events and everything like that. So thank you so much, um, LK, for coming and talking to me today before you have to zoom off up to Donegal for the next event. Brilliant. And thank you so much for having me here in this like absolute slice of paradise. Like, I feel like I'm going to be a regular guest. You're not going to have to get rid of me. <laughs> Good. You remember your toothpaste next time. <laughs> <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay. Thanks a million. Bye. News from Bar Nature Sanctuary. This week we hosted a lovely conference with Synergy Consulting. The guests stayed in the slow cabins and the venue room looked spectacular with big bunches of foliage decorating the high beams. Also, RTE were at the Borough Nature Sanctuary interviewing people for the proposed Galway to Athlone Cycleway as we are on the proposed route.